This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz, your favorite PC engineer on the ones and twos. I'm also the black guy that has all sorts of abrasive things and make white people uncomfortable. I wear that badge with honor. I am here with Selena Hill and, of course, the beautiful, the handsome, the intelligent, the charming, the charming oh my Chad. goodness, oh, I'm married, McDonald's. man. And, of course, we got Ashanette, who got the eyebrows on Zach with the Michelle Obama. Obama button on her chest and the Sprint Metro PCS iPhone that can't connect to the internet. And we are back to talk about all the great things that happened this week. But since Donald Trump was elected president, I can't really say that a lot of great things happened. So let's take a step back and let's really assess what just went down. For the last two years, we have been going through some sort of presidential election. And I say some sort of because it was a period of people playing around of whether they were actually going to run for office. And then there was a time when everyone thought that Hillary Clinton was going to be the president of the United States that an old Jewish guy from Brooklyn came and put his foot on the neck of her campaign and he almost beat her but it was not strong enough and she defeated him to be nominated as Democratic nominee on the right side which is the Republican side not right because it's correct but just because they're right of our politics Donald Trump faced off with 14 other incompetent candidates to run for president he defeated a Bush a Rubio a Christie a Farina an Uncle Tom and then he defeated a Cruz to be the Republican nominee for president of the United States and they faced off in three magical debates in which Hillary Clinton clearly showed a huge space between him and her in regards to command of the issues and despite all of this despite the fact that Donald Trump has had some very problematic issues including saying that Mexican people are racist and wanting to ban Muslims and having multiple civil rights suits filed against him because of racism and despite bragging about wanting to grab women by the vagina or kissing them without their permission the American people voted for him. The American people said that even though Hillary Clinton had 30 years of experience and clearly knew how to do the job and also knew how to read, they wanted to vote for a man who once bragged that his penis was big during a presidential debate. And what does that tell us? Well, honestly, it tells us that America, well, let me be clear, white America is a lot more comfortable with holding their privilege and their power than actually the best, what's best for the country. And hey, when you've been in power for 400 plus years, I can kind of understand why you might push back when someone brown says, hey, maybe you can't just be taking all the good benefits. So here we are. Donald Trump is president. I'm really frustrated. I got a couple of Uncle Toms who are waiting to call into the show. Oh, and really? white people, Already? Yes. And white people are, are feeling ecstatic or terribly upset. And we're going to have this conversation. And what you can expect in this conversation is, one, how did Trump win? Two, what does Trump want to do? Three, how did we react? And, of course, four, what is going to happen over the next four years? And if you have felt yourself to be uncomfortable during this introduction or even a little bit frustrated, be prepared to be uncomfortable and frustrated for a long time because it doesn't get any better than this. So to start this conversation up, I think I'd like to ask my wonderful friends in here, where were you and how did you react when Trump lost the election? Selena? Okay, so I was at Hillary Clinton's official election day party. I was preparing for the time of my life. I was snapping. I was putting Instagram snaps up, which I never do. And I was just like, I'm here for this historic moment to celebrate the first woman president. And we're finally going to show the world that love trumps hate. Right. So we walked in. Everybody was really high, upbeat. And then the counts 
started coming in and we started seeing that Florida was a little closer than a little closer than we expected and we saw that he Donald Trump actually had a chance to win with um, Wisconsin and um, Michigan and I'm just like hold on what so I'm like calling my mom and I'm like mom and she's like Selena I'm turning off the TV I just can't even take this at this point and I'm like Texas Daily and Alyssa and I'm like guys what is going on and I'm talking to people there at the Jacob Javis Center for Hillary Clinton's rally and they're like what is going on just this morning the New York Times predicted that Hillary Clinton had like a 70% chance of winning and like we saw throughout the like through most of the campaign she had a stable and steady lead so I'm like okay you know what she's gonna pull through and then as the time just kept progressing the tears just started flowing and I was actually there reporting so I started talking to people and they people that were able to compose themselves enough to talk to me were just like boiling like just like the the tears were just like bawling down their eyes and we're hugging each other and we're like guys we think the end is near we think Donald Trump won the election and I'm just like I walked out the Jacob Javis Center I was infuriated I couldn't even hide it I was so upset and I was like what how did Donald Trump win so then I got home around 3 a.m. and I'm watching his speech and I am speechless and I'm just like (gasps) like I felt my heart just drop and I'm like what And then we're going to continue this conversation and talk about what this means for the Affordable Care Act, for women's reproductive rights, for Muslims, for immigrants, for people of color. We're going to talk about that because those were the thoughts that were going through my head. And then I see Rudy Giuliani and Chris Christie up there next to him on the podium and Omarosa. And I'm just like, no, no. So that was pretty much my reaction. Chad? Well, I watched it at home with my wife. Uh, my wife, Robin, <clears throat> my wife, Robin, of course, feels very strongly about Hillary. She worked on Hillary's campaign in 2008 and again in 2012. This was going to be a big moment for us. We were even talking about going down to Washington for the inauguration. We'd picked up champagne. We were going to have, we were having tacos for dinner and, uh, we were really looking forward to it. And I mean, the, the facetious way to look at it is if you saw the Saturday Night Live episode last night mm-hmm. with uh, all the people sitting around like, oh, I can't wait to win and <laughs> and having their wine and with uh, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock in the back mm-hmm. making, no, no, you're about to find out what white America really is. Mm. Well, we were we were those New York liberals sitting on the, on the couch. And, mm-hmm. and I was I actually I, I said almost word for word. Not only did I say almost word for word what they did. Oh, the rural count. The rural count always comes in first. Oh no, no, the the urban count has always been behind. All that stuff. Um, I, I, not only did I say that, but I mean I'm I'm running like a dozen different Facebook pages, and I'm actually posting on that because my first instinct when when it became clear that the counts were not going to go our way was to reassure followers and get on one of my biggest pages and and write a post saying, everybody, hang on, (laughs) we got this. And then, of course, it turns out that we didn't. So, um, I mean, there is no question. We all know that it was devastating. Uh, We were crying as well. Um, 
There real was, tears. Real tears. Yeah. No, it was it was very difficult. Um, nobody saw this coming. Not even Trump himself. Yeah. Nobody you, saw this coming. You were absolutely right when you said Donald Trump did not see this coming. They thought they he's were in shock right now. Donald Trump's in more shock than anybody. You else. think so? Is that did why you, he's so reserved? Have you seen reserved? the pictures of him? He's just. He looks so reserved during his speech. And I was well, like, why is he looking like he that? He doesn't know what to do now. <laughs> he's like, he's, what is it? The, 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 the line from the dark night when the Joker's like, I'm like a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with it if I got one. Well, that's yeah. Donald Trump now. He's that's caught a, the car. And, and now what? Yeah. That's <laughs> so what is he doing? I mean, and if you look, it, it hasn't taken him, it took him all of three days. Mm-hmm. to break his promises. Uh, wow. He's handed Medicare over to Paul Ryan, who's going to privatize it. By privatize, that means kill Medicare. Mm-hmm. Medicare is going to be gone. And oh, Medicare is somewhere around 75, 70 to 75% of Medicare clients are old white people. Right. 70 to 75% of Donald Trump's voting base are old white people. Old white people just gave away their health care mm. to support Donald Trump. That is how ridiculous this is. This is just the very beginning of how awful this is going to be. He ran, remember that drain the swamp thing that he was running on? Oh, we're going to go to Washington. We're going to drain the swamp. We're going to ban lobbyists. No, he's filling up his transition team with lobbyists. No, he's bringing in the establishment. Who's who's his cabinet going to be? Washington establishment. The same, and like he ran on Hillary is corrupt. And who's he got? He's got Chris Christie. He's got anti-gay bigot Mike Pence. He's got Rudy Giuliani. Nani, you oh, know, Compose I managed subject. to not swear, right, but good job. it's, it's, uh, it, this is only going to get worse. This is the very tip of the spear. Uh, I think we can say goodbye to the ACA. I think he's going to, there's going to be an immediate assault on Roe versus Wade. There's going to be an immediate assault on Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, well, the NAACP. Well, hold on, Chad, Chad, don't, don't get ahead of yourself. We uh, are going to get to those things. I know okay. we're all frustrated, but I do want to make sure we get to our caller. We have Prince on the line. Prince, oh. let your voice be heard. Well, before we, so John Prince is a former dreamer, just some context there, also a friend. And yesterday we had a conversation and he said, even though he is currently a registered Democrat, he was rooting for Trump to win the whole time so right now right so right now we're sharing our reaction john if you can just tell us your reaction and why you have been rooting for trump to win good morning good morning uh nice to talk to you guys this morning and i will just start off with the context i did not vote for donald trump so i'll just start from there and i didn't vote for hillary clinton either um one of the reasons like i said i'm a a lifelong democrat i voted my first election was john Kerry versus bush that i voted in um, I just felt Trump as crazy as it sounds, and I told people, Alina, you know, we talked about this. I, I, I knew what America really felt, and you know, a lot of people were surprised. You see people now. I can't believe. It, I can't believe it. I knew. I knew what America felt about Mexicans, African Americans, and Muslims, and I knew they was going to come out and vote. And um, basically, my reasoning for wanting Trump to win is we've been running since the civil rights era from the racism in this country. We've been hiding it. It's become systematic. Um, you can't see it. But it's there. It's in our bosses, our teachers, our judges, our lawyers. All those people that voted for Donald Trump are, uh, you know, regular people in society. And if Hillary Clinton would have won, guess what? They would have went back into hiding. But guess what? They still would have felt the same way. And I feel like he just, you know, racism is real. And, um, you know, we've been running from it. We never really addressed it in this country. And Donald Trump makes us address that. And, um... Like a revolution as a whole, one of the reasons Bernie Sanders was getting so much traction is because he was talking about the system is broken. We need to change it radically. And I don't feel Hillary Clinton would uh, 
uh, brought about that change. I, I believe she was status quo. Yes, she wouldn't have been, you know, really bad or anything like that, but it would have been the same old thing. But um, when I looked on the TV yesterday and I saw all these protests, um, you know, across the country, I couldn't just think, help but think, this is what revolution looks like. You know, because if Hillary Clinton didn't win, these people wouldn't be in the streets. Half these people marching never marched or protested or did anything in their life, but they're so angry, and they're starting to realize how broken the system is and how much it needs change and how much we've been lied to corrupt the government is. And I believe Donald Trump brings that out. As far as my, my community, the African-American community, oh, we were way too comfortable in Obama. John, John Prince, thank you so much for calling in. I'm going to say right off the bank that I disagree with you 5,000%. But I will do you one favor. I will tell you what the exit poll said. You have one thing right. White people, congratulations. You played yourself. You elected Donald Trump into the White House. 55% of all white people voted for Trump. 67% of white people without a college degree voted for Trump. 49% of whites with college degrees voted for Trump. 58% of Christians voted for Trump and 90% of evangelical white Christians voted for Trump. What a surprise. The people that voted for Trump, the white people, by the way, including the 7% of Uncle Tom's and the 29% of Theo Juan's or Uncle Juan's, if you guys don't speak Spanish well, they voted for Trump just like white people because they were afraid of quote-unquote immigration and terrorism or if you need a translation, brown people coming in from other countries and brown people who practice the religion of, of Islam, even though we know the biggest terrorist threat in America right now on american soil is white people holla at me dylan roof mm -hmm. so after ha after saying that prince what it sounds like you just told me is that america has had a shaky engine for quite some time and you could have picked someone who would have put some patchwork to the engine but could have paid the way for people to come in and make some real positive changes but instead you decided to pour acid into the engine because once the car's not working at least we can get a new one and what the point that you seem to be missing about Donald Trump is that besides the fact that he's a racist and a xenophobe and probably a rapist and a sexual predator is that he is grossly incompetent and that he is passing on the power of the government to a a man who thinks that cigarettes do not cause cancer and that you can stop someone from being gay by putting them in a camp and b someone who said he wants to make the government so small you can barely hold it in your finger and c that same man who wants the government to be that small wants to cut Medicaid up so that it is a block grant which means that it would be doubling the cost of health insurance for the elderly within the next three to five years. So if you have a grandma and she has Medicaid and Paul Ryan gets his way, let's see how much, how happy you are then. And finally, you say that you want a revolution and this is what a revolution looks like. This is not what a revolution looks like. Revolutions are bloody. Revolutions are direct attacks at power. If this was a revolution, the people would not have accepted Donald Trump as the president-elect and they would be, we would be at the brink of war at this moment. We are not at the brink of war. We are at the brink of protest and you have just fortified the power structure for racist people to now silence you. So congratulations, you played yourself. Yeah, well, what I heard from him was... Uh America's always been racist, so let's just get it out in the open. Well, Donald Trump already brought it out in the open, and the argument that we should just let Donald Trump take the government and break the government because the system doesn't work, to me that sounds very much like, well, I went down to the corner store and they didn't have my favorite beer, so I'm going to drink this bleach instead. <laughs> what is wrong with you? You don't drink bleach because you can't get your favorite beer. That is ridiculous. You want racism out in the open? Fantastic. It's you who is going to suffer now. 
Yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this in, in response to that because I've, I've heard a lot of people say that. I heard a lot of people say, well, one point, what the bright side is a lot of people will start organizing, mobilizing to make real progressive change. A lot of people who've been sleeping, who aren't. I'm going to cut in on you for a second. Thin, I'm who, sorry. No, thin, let me just finish. Because I, even like I remember someone I was working with, he said he was older than me. He said it wasn't until Ronald Reagan was elected that I finally took an interest in politics and I started to become politically active. And I see the same thing happening now where people who never thought such a racist and blatant bigot could be elected in 2016 now that they see that as a reality they're going to start to pay more attention and get involved yeah That's but what it's going to be at the cost of their own lives i mean it's it's that bad now you know i mean we're we're going to be looking at at uh uh, a full-on assault, like I said before, Roe versus Wade, Planned Parenthood, NAACP, the ACLU, anything with gun violence prevention, those are all going to be smoking craters yeah, within and, eight weeks. And to say that now people are going to mobilize, people have people have been mobilizing already. People have been getting active and engaged already. Mm-hmm. This, You're telling me that someone needs to get shot in the leg to realize that we're having trouble walking? Yes. Is, is that what you guys are saying to me? So now listen, Donald Trump is a president-elect, and on January 20th, he will become our president, and we have to respect that. And if we don't, and we try to stop that from happening, then you could be on the brink of revolution. But I'll tell you right now, I have no faith that any of you guys are really about that life. So, I, revolution, I think not. But... We do have other callers on the line. I'm going to try to get off my soapbox before I derail this entire show. Ken Roy, let your voice, let your voice be heard. Okay. Um, thanks, uh, PC. Uh, guys, um, I'm afraid, you know, I like Trump, but I voted for Hillary Clinton, and this is what I was afraid of um, because, well, some of our people, I mean, Hillary could have won the, the, darn, the, the darn thing, but our people, black and Latinos, yes, we did vote, but we didn't come out in record numbers as we did when Obama was going up on McCain. If, if our people of color, black and Hispanic, were, uh, went out even stronger, probably Hillary could have won. Also, I was afraid that people wasted their vote uh, for third-party candidates. Even Sanders said, guys, don't waste your vote to be symbolic. This is, uh, your, but people still do it. And third, lack of knowledge. Nessians. Knowledge, uh, lack of knowledge, ignorance holds no bounds. Poor whites, I would say out of mis- uh, lack of knowledge, most of them, they voted for Trump, and it's scary that, um, you know, uh, if they only know. I mean, I thought, I guess people don't have time for C-SPAN, CNN, and Fox News, but... Kenroy, thank you so much for calling in, and... You said something that I'm going to push back on, and I'll be pushing back on for the next four years. When you said that if blacks and Latinos would have turned out a higher numbers, Hillary would have won, you're probably right. I want you to know, though, that there was a 1% increase in voter turnout for Latino voters. That's one. And two, yes, the vote was depressed, but it was always going to be depressed from the black community because you were not running a black candidate anymore. There was a reason that black people came out in record numbers. It was to support their candidate. And finally, this is the last point I'm going to make about this, at least in relation to this. This election was not the failure of black people. It was not the failure of Latino people. African Americans voted. 88% of them voted for Hillary Clinton. 60 plus percent of Latino voters voted for Hillary Clinton. This election falls at the feet of white people. Mm -hmm. And if you call yourself a white ally, talk to your racist uncle or your racist sister or your racist neighbor before I talk to them. Because white people did this. And when the chickens come home to roost, white people will pay for this. Conroy, thank you so much for calling in. And guys, I just want to repeat the number. It's 212-650-6903. The phone lines are now open. I mean, it's funny that, you know, that's the thing that Stanley responded to what 
the thing that caught my attention is when you said you like Trump. I was like, oh, oh shoot. Geez, but yeah. you voted for Hillary Clinton. That's extremely interesting. But just to piggyback on what um, Stanley was saying, um, it, it's true. The, the black community did come out and vote for Hillary Clinton in uh, an overwhelming majority. 88%. And, black women, 90%. E- but even though Latinos came out more so in 2012, I think about 29% voted for Donald Trump, which was slightly higher than the numbers that voted voted for Mitt Romney. And what that sh- tells me is that Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party didn't do well enough in inspiring millennials and people of color to vote in the same capacity that they did for Democrats in 2012. And I mean, I get it. Stanley's absolutely right. Black people came out in record-breaking num- numbers in 2008 and two- 2012 because of Barack Obama, and we're probably never going to see that again. But still, what happened to the millennials and why were more Latinos voting for the Republican this time around? Well, none of what you're saying is incorrect. One caveat that needs to be added here, uh, there's a talking point out there, which is, I think, partly false and was, was just repeated just now, that black people did not come out to vote in the numbers that they did. And then that's true. They didn't come out to, no- to vote in the number that they did. They didn't come out to vote um, for uh, Hillary as they did for Obama. But there's a caveat here that everybody misses. What happened in between the Obama election and now? The Voting Rights Act was overturned, and red states everywhere, Texas, North Carolina, Mississippi, just jumped right on that and immediately started eliminating polling stations. They eliminated, uh, they eliminated uh, a lot of uh, the qualifications that uh, uh, people of color needed. North Carolina was exposed as actually studying the voting patterns of black people so they could suppress the vote along those exact lines. Black people did not show up in the red states to vote, mostly because they couldn't. All right. This is also why the election was, in fact, rigged. Donald Trump was, in fact, correct about this. It's not that black people didn't want to vote. It's just that in many parts of the country, they could not vote. They had to come up with a ridiculous ID. They had to come up with a crazy, they had to jump through hoops to register, register, and they were purged regardless. We, it was only two weeks ago we were hearing about that story about the 100-year-old black woman uh, that couldn't, that was purged from a vote and couldn't vote for the first time this year. That happened over and over and over again. So you're, that needs to be factored in. You are absolutely right, Chad. So guys, we are running a little bit late, so we got to go on a quick break. When we come back, what I will do is help you understand Donald Trump's 100-day plan, and we'll even talk about it some and give our opinions on whether we think it can work, whether it's good, whether it's bad, or whether we feel like we need to move to Canada right now. Mm-hmm. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, and this is The Highway to Hell. No, we're not on the highway to hell, guys. Uh, we're, we're there already? <laughs> no, we're actually on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, 90.3 FM, The Voice of Harlem. And that is how you pivot. Guys, if you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill and Chad, the handsome R. McDonald Flash, and also Ashnet with the popping eyelashes. You got to teach me how to do that because I will never do it, but it looks cute on you. Must be a Bronx thing. Now, guys, if you are just tuning in and you are confused, we are talking about the results of the 2016 presidential election where Hillary Clinton, a candidate, 
with 30 plus years of experience and someone who had a clear plan for this country lost to a man who is a shade of orange, has bad hair, and thinks that Mexicans are rapists. And what are we doing at this moment? We are mostly decompressing and trying to figure out how that happened. But while we've done some de- decompressing, and I've actually spoken pretty aggressively into the mic, I would like to tell you some of the pieces of Donald Trump's 100-day plan. So what I have over here, if you guys can see me on Facebook Live, is my laptop, and I have it opened up on a couple of pieces of Trump's 100-day plan. If you want to read it for yourself, you can go to NPR.com. They have it there available for you. One of the first things you talk about is a middle-class tax relief simplification act, an economic plan designed to grow the economy by 4% per year and create at least 25 million new jobs through massive tax reduction and simplification in a combination with trade reform and regulatory relief. What does he mean by that? Well, Donald Trump's tax plan would cut taxes for the top 1% and 2% by over 50%. So they would see at least $2,500 in their, paycheck, in their paychecks or in their, data, in their incomes off the rip. A middle-class family, $7. A poor family, nothing. The tax plan would also simplify the tax code, which would mean it would take away some of the deductions that you're allowed to have right now. One of those simplifications he's talking about and what it could actually risk doing is getting rid of the deduction you can have for your children. So if you are, say, Chad, who has an adorable child and you deduct that from your taxes, if this plan goes through, you probably can't do that anymore. So that's what he's talking about for the actual economy. He also wants to end the Offshoring Act. So earlier in President Obama's term as president, he put a ban on offshore drilling. And it was supposed to be a temporary ban, and he would eventually allow people to go drilling into the oceans later on. And one of the reasons this ban came to be was because of what happened in the... um, and the, um, the, the oil pipeline burst that happened a couple of years ago by an, darn it, why am I having a brain fever? BP, the, the BP oil Thank spill? Thank you very much. The BP oil spill that took place and they were drilling in the ocean. They didn't have the proper technology to protect, um, their people or the water if an accident happened. And then we had the largest oil spill on our, in our ocean in U.S. history. So we had this ban there. Donald Trump wants to lift that ban. I'll let you guys think of what might actually happen if that happens. The next thing he has is American Energy and Infrastructure Act, which leverages public and private partnerships and private investments through tax incentives to spur $1 trillion in infrastructure. What does that look like? Usually when someone says this, it means that they want to give tax cuts to energy companies and also give them black grants to invest in different businesses. President Obama has done this, but he has focused more so on clean energy. The Republican Party is not a fan of clean energy because they think climate change is something that happens when two gay men have sex. So what will most likely happen under Donald Trump's energy plan is that they're going to be reinvesting in oil. They're going to be, quote unquote, bringing coal back and we know that millions of people died from black lung from working in coal mines but hey who's checking and he would also be investing in things like natural gas and expanding pipelines like hey north dakota pipeline so we'll see what happens with that and of course the school choice and education opportunity act where the main crux of this plan will be to allow quote-unquote allow parents to have choice between public private or charter so they will be taking money from the current school system and giving it to people so they can pay for private schools we see how well that's worked for going into private colleges and student loans so we'll see how that goes so those are just some of the pieces of his 100-day plan i know i went through a lot of things but i'd love to get some of your reactions i'm going to start with you selena well yeah my first reaction is okay so why the heck did so many white Americans vote against their own interests. If Donald Trump is proposing to cut taxes for the top 1% and 2% and you're complaining that you feel disconnected from Washington uh, mainstream media and elites, 
Uh, why would you vote for a Manhattan billionaire who is going to protect his own interests as well as his cronies and his friends? I mean, he's put it out there and I just don't get it. The one thing I do get is the fact that he does want to increase offshore drilling because a lot of Americans in the you know, like in the middle states say that if we keep keep oil prices down, that it benefits them, their businesses, especially if they're in, into coal mining, etc. And that's their way of living. So that part I get. But everything else that you listed, Stanley, makes me say, why are white voters voting like this? Well, can I tell you why they're voting for this? And I wanted to save this one. I'm sorry, Chad, for jumping in on you. But number seven on this 100-day plan is End Illegal Immigration Act. Fully fund the construction of a wall on our southern border with the full understanding that the country, Mexico, will be reimbursing the United States for the full cost of such wall. Establishes a two-year mandatory minimum federal prison sentence for illegally re-entering the U.S. after previous deportation and the five-year mandatory mandatory minimum of illegally re-entering for those with felony convic- convictions, multiple misdemeanor convictions, or two or more prior deportations. Also, reforms visa rules to enhance penalties for overstaying and to ensure open jobs are offered to American workers first. That's why. That is not wrong. Racism was definitely a motivating factor uh, in Donald Trump's rise. Um, unfortunately, it's not all there was. Uh, David, wait, hang on. David Wong from Cracked, uh, executive uh, editor of Cracked, wrote a brilliant piece called How Half of America Lost Their Minds. And to sum it up very quickly, rural America has been left behind in the economy. This is, this is also now the talking point that the media is trying to explain, like, oh, Hillary didn't listen to, you know, the white, the white voters that got left behind. In a way, that's correct. I grew up in a rural, uh, rural environment. Um, I grew up in a city that's been left behind by progress and that I moved out of because I had to if I was going to have any kind of career. Um, and it's and the basic what it boils down to is these people are angry and fed up and they saw Donald Trump as a brick through the window of the establishment, which, yes, it certainly was. But unfortunately, that glass that they've just broken is going to cut their own heads off. And. What it comes down to is this. This is how you bring it all together. Um, They have voted against their own interests, and they voted against their own interests because the other was demonized. The people of color, immigrants, uh, gay people, uh, women, uh, whoever is not a white Christian person that has taken their jobs and taken America from them, that is essentially racist. That's coming from uh, the – that's coming from, you know, well, I mean, to put it very quickly – I will recognize that not everyone who voted for Donald Trump is a racist, but if they are not racist, being racist was not a deal breaker for them, and so screw you. Yep. No, that's a great way to put it, Chad. We do have a call on the line, which I want to get to, but I just want to push back for one second. The economy was not why white people voted for Trump. Let's not make that a problem. No, no, no. I I meant to actually point out that that was was not the reason. Okay, thank you. That that talking point is, in fact, flimsy and false, so I I apologize if I didn't make that clear. No, that's totally fine, and... And I just need, we need to be very clear every step of the way for the next four years. Racism and sexism, xenophobia, fear of different cultures is what got Trump the victory. Yeah. White mm-hmm. people voting for those things is what got Trump the victory. Do not run from this. Now, we do yes. have a call on the line. Jay, let your voice be heard. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you taking my call. And good morning to everyone. I want to uh, reserve my comments to Chad not the general public said. Um, Donald Trump, he formed a relationship with Putin 
because of the oil rich enrichment program that Russia is running and all the products that come from oil. So people need to invest in fracking and other things if it goes through. Get your money involved, and then don't worry so much. This is never going to change. This is the future. Chad, would you like to respond to that? Uh, let, let me be clear. So we're talking about an alliance with Putin and how the oil companies are always going to be that in the, the future? I'm, I'm not sure I understood what he was saying. He also, so I think what he's saying, and Do we still have money? No, I, I th- we, we, he's already gone, but I think what he was saying was that, listen, like Trump made this agreement, and you're, what you're going to be seeing is an opportunity to invest in things like oil and natural gas through fracking, and we should invest that money and build up because it is what it is. For those of you guys who do not know what natural gas fracking is, it is when you... You pretty much drill into the, the earth to release these natural gases that are already there, and you can use it as energy. The way they do that is by making a cocktail that's a mix of water and a whole bunch of different chemicals to pump into the ground and break apart the rocks to release these natural gases. In theory, it sounds like a good idea, but the chemicals in that water are so dirty, you cannot actually bring it to a water filtering station to clean it. You need brand new machinery, which we don't have the technology for as of yet. And then also, once you release those natural gases, you risk destroying the agriculture in that area. Not to mention the seismic charges involved and are are, are, uh, looked at as causing earthquakes. No. uh, So no, I would recommend not investing in uh, in, uh, natural (laughs) gas, fracking, oil companies, what have you. That would be supporting Trump and Putin and that agenda, which is exactly what I'm against. So thank you for your opinion, sir. But no, I reject that wholeheartedly. And even though I dislike him and disgusted extremely by Donald Trump and everything he stands for, and I'm also disgusted by everyone who supported him and voted for him, including the Uncle Toms, I do think that he has a one and a half to two decent ideas. One of the things that he would like to do is put the constitutional amendment on that would add term limits to members of Congress. Mm. What do you guys think about that? Oh, definitely. No, that definitely needs to happen. Yeah. It's not going to. <laughs> Why is that? He's not going to do that. I mean, he's already breaking his promises. He's going to do whatever he wants. He's going to make, if if Congress doesn't agree with him, he's going to batter them into submission. And uh, if Congress comes up with an idea that they want, they can just tell him make him think it's his idea and they'll run it through none of that's going to happen none of that's going to happen the republicans have a super majority and they're probably going to have a run on the supreme court you think they're going to limit themselves now right no 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 that makes perfect sense yeah, and, it's not going to happen well one thing that i'm not sure if it's going uh, it's going to happen anymore is you know when he was campaigning he promised to repeal and replace uh obamacare but now he's pushing back and saying that he does want to keep some of the um ideas uh the very popular ideas of obamacare like letting children stay under their plant parents yeah. plan up until the age of 26 um and i, I actually Finish what you what want to say? No, I, no, go ahead. So, like Selena was saying, Trump says he wants to keep certain parts of Obamacare yes. in there, like pre-existing conditions, because before Obamacare, if you had a pre-existing condition, your rates would be extremely high, or you would not be able to qualify for actual health insurance. And, of course, if you are a student, you could stay on your parents' insurance until you were 26 years old. So those are some of the things that Donald Trump wants to keep from Obamacare. The problem is if you repeal the whole bill, it doesn't work. The reason you're able to get perks like that is because of the individual mandate, Mm -hmm. because the individual mandate makes sure that there are enough people enrolling in health insurance so that it is it is financially 
appropriate or beneficial for the insurance companies to still allow those people who don't necessarily have the best health track records to get health insurance. It's supposed to be balancing scale, which is why you want younger people getting on there. As far as Obamacare, this is what Trump says in his 100-day plan. Repeal and replace Obamacare. Fully repeal Obamacare and replace it with health savings account, the ability to purchase health insurance across state lines, and let states manage Medicaid funds. Reforms will also include cutting the red tape at the FDA. There are over 4,000 drugs a waiting approval, and we especially want to speed the approval of life-saving medications. Let me get some context on what some of this stuff means. So health savings accounts. So it's pretty much the same thing that Paul Ryan wants to do with Medicaid, where you get your own account and you get these block grants that are given to the states, and they can then allot it to people who need health insurance, which in theory sounds like a good idea, but without the legislation with the Affordable Care Act, the inflation rate for the price of health care is going to go back up, which Mm -hmm. means that unless they are raising those block grants every single year, to cover the difference, you are going to reach a point where you are paying double or even quadruple what you should be paying for health insurance, especially if you live in a state where they use that money for something else because we know states do that. Also, he wants to let states manage Medicaid funds. They let states manage welfare funds right now and every state has some sort of mixed up crazy plan to deal with welfare funds or entitlement funds and it doesn't work that well so that's that's what that means i hope that gets some context and that does not really explain the how he's going to keep those two things that selena mentioned um before i let anyone else go we are running short on time and we do have a call on our lines we okay. have garrick from kentucky by the way kentucky voted overwhelmingly for donald trump but i think there are three and a half black people in kentucky garrick <laughs> just left so it might just be two garrick let your voice be heard yeah, this is Gary. I, we, I moved up to New York here three years ago, and I'm going to let you know something. I'm married to a black girl, you know, and, and, and we're not racist. I'm going to tell you something. Ever since I moved up here, I, I hear a lot of talk against rednecks and, and, and Ku Klux Klan. I'm going to tell you, we can be the most beautiful people in the, in the world if, if them Spanish sticks won't want Oh, oh, I'm sorry, but we can't use that type let me, of Let me handle this right here. Garrett, hey. let me tell you what you are. You are by far one of the worst examples of what America has to offer in white people. You are someone who I hope is fully extinct one day. Not you as a person, but the idea that white people are better than everyone else. You are a person who thinks that Spanish people are subhuman, and because of that, you want them deported out of this country, even though your dirty knuckle-dragging ancestors came here as immigrants and slaughtered people. And because we are tired of your BS, there will be a day when racist, xenophobic, problematic white people like you who season their fried chicken with mayonnaise the sunny water and oppression will no longer be the majority and when that happens i will go to your grave and cat daddy sip just a glass of hennessy and walk away because you will no longer be the problem there is no such thing as a spanish person who was a whatever you just call them but there is such a thing as problematic white people have a good day never call back Yes, guys. So, again, I just want to reemphasize that we welcome all calls and all opinions, but you cannot use profanity or any type of offensive slur or insulting inflammatory language against an ethnic group, against uh, anybody else. So, please just keep it decent. White people, talk to your family. I I would just like to point out how he completely missed the irony of, I'm not racist, I'm married to a black person, but you, and then... Racist slur. Yes, he's a racist slur for his. I'm not racist, but let me just use this racist slur. You know, it's it's like that cartoon, the I'm not racist, but and it's actually a little butt that walks around, and as soon as someone says I'm not racist, they just come up and they go shh. shh, shh. 
no. <laughs> whatever comes next is bad. <laughs> no, a- again, and like I always say, if you say racist things and use racist terms, yeah. wake up. You're a racist, we and should, it stops we, there. We should thank this man for illustrating exactly what a, dumb Trump, a Donald Trump voter is. Right. Thank you, thank you, Kentucky. You just got represented by this guy. I hope you. I hope you're all hanging your heads in shame. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're happy Trump is winning. Why don't you go to the KKK parade in North Carolina, Garrick? You'll have fun there. Mm. So, guys, we are running out of time. The way this conversation has gone is very passionate, but I do hope you got some information out of it. I want to give my friends here on this panel a chance to get some closing statements, and then I will close things out. Chad. Well, I mean, this is devastating. Uh, there's, there's no question. Uh, there's one thing I do want to address. Uh, Donald Trump won, and I think that was almost a foregone conclusion. The media did not see this coming, partly because they were complicit. Uh, all they did was talk about e- Hillary Clinton's emails for two years while giving him pass after pass after pass. There's a talking point out there that I do want to address about Bernie Sanders. And yes. if Bernie Sanders could have beaten Trump, no, Donald Trump would have crushed Bernie Sanders. Here's why. He rolled over every other man he faced. Just rolled right over them. He did the alpha male bully. Not one of them could stand up to him. He would have done the same to Bernie Sanders. Now, I'm not saying this because I'm against Bernie Sanders. I'm just laying this out for you. The Russian government and WikiLeaks were not trying to defeat Hillary Clinton. They were trying to elect Donald Trump. We would have seen the same things used against Bernie Sanders that we saw for Hillary Clinton. Instead of, oh, Hillary Clinton fixed the DNC and the DNC had the fix in for Hillary Clinton so she would be the nominee, now the narrative would be the DNC didn't want Bernie Sanders. He wasn't their choice. He, you know, he's not the guy that they wanted. They should have went with Hillary. That's, that would have been the, links, the, the, the leaks that we would have seen. The Russian government still would have been attacking him. Uh, we would have heard crazy and there's no way to put this. There's, we would have heard crazy Jewish communist over and over and over and over again. Yep. We would have heard that he's going to rape you on taxes. Uh, he wrote a paper, which is very unfortunate, in 1972, talking about a woman fantasizing about or being raped about by three different men and how she f- was fantasizing about that and how she was enjoying that. You don't think that was going to be all over the news? He, Donald Trump would have picked that up and ran with that. I mean, think about it. He smeared Hillary Clinton this entire time really just on emails. <laughs> That's all he did was just hit the emails again and again and again. And then for a while, he went after her health. Do you think he wouldn't have gone after Bernie Sanders on his health? Do you think he wouldn't have gone after Bernie Sanders on the fact that he went to Moscow for his honeymoon? Do you think he wouldn't have gone after Bernie Sanders for like this 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 essay he wrote that was probably completely innocent, but shows that, you know, he supports the sexual assault of women? That whole thing would have went on. The Access Hollywood thing would have been completely neutralized by that. He would have crushed Bernie Sanders. And you, you're telling me that Donald Trump's alt-right, neo-Nazi, anti-Semite campaign managers weren't going to attack that he was a socialist, communist, Jewish man. That wants to get food stamps of black and brown. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And there was just not, it was not going to happen. It was not going to happen. So let's just crush that one right now because I've been hearing it all week and I'm sick of it. And this is not the time to whine and go, what if, what if? Because the left has a tendency to, to line up a circular firing squad and take everybody down. Yep. Now, a lot of this leadership does need to go. The DNC does need to be completely revamped. And the Democratic Party is, quite frankly, in ruins. Elizabeth yeah. Warren, I think, is our leader right now. And right now, we need new leaders. We've all just received battlefield promotions. I'm a gun violence prevention activist. All my orgs just got wiped out. 
I'm in, a problematic Negro. In, in eight weeks, um, I mean, Moms Demand and every town's probably still going to be around because they're privately funded. Uh, but outside of California, what can they effectively do? All the red states, the NRA is our government now. The National Rifle Association is our government. There's going to be guns everywhere. Donald Trump just called that every state should have concealed carry and all gun-free zones should be eliminated. And, like, there's going to be guns everywhere in the streets, and it's going to be like Kansas, where you don't even have to have a permit or training. You can just walk in, pick up a gun. Uh, Universal background checks, those are probably all going to go down. Mass shootings are going to go through the roof, and they're already huge already. This is, I mean, and we're, we're looking at just a complete apocalypse we're when really it comes to the GBP that, uh, and ACLU, and NACP. It's all gone. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Chad. And it really scares me. Selena, I want you to have your closing statement so we can move forward. I am petrified. Um, Chad, I, I just thank you for breaking down the reality of this situation and what that means, especially when it comes to gun violence and, and, and mass gun shootings, which continues to happen here in America. This is very, very scary times. But I think that what needs to be done here is we need to remember that regardless, regardless of the situation we have here, we did get through the Reagan era. We did get through the Jim Crow South. We did get through slavery in America and even the genocide in uh, Native Americans uh, and indigenous people here. Now we see the results, but people uh, like uh, people like us have shown that we are resilient and that we will continue to fight. Now is the time to fight. We are in a war and you know what happens in war? You don't win every battle, but you keep going. Chad, especially you as a gun violence uh, uh, prevention advocate, we need to continue to support people like you in any means necessary. Even if that means giving $5 or $10 or volunteering once a month or once a week, we have to continue to find ways to keep these organizations organizations alive and to keep Obama's legacy alive and to make sure that our interests are protected. I think that if we come around and we think about, okay, we, we lost this battle in 2016, but the next battle is 2018 midterm elections, which Democrats and people of color historically do not turn out to, uh, do, don't really t- turn out to vote in. But if we change that around, we can take back Congress. We can elect uh, senators and representatives in the House who will fight for our interests and protect our communities. And that's exactly what we need to look forward to. I know a lot of people are counting down to 2020. I'm counting down to 2018 because the Tea Party showed us after Barack Obama was elected, they mm-hmm. got together and they took back the government in the midterm elections. They took back Congress and they they elected a number of Tea Party candidates for governor and red states and in local elections. And they got far. I think we need to take a page out of their book, come together and make sure that we're focused on the next battle and we're focused on winning. Um, um, Stanley, did you? Yeah, I I do want to close this out really quickly, guys. So I've been hearing a lot of um, apocalyptic talk. I have been a part of that apocalyptic talk. I want to tell you guys right now that there is no apocalypse. This is not the end of the world. This is not the end of the Democratic Party. Well, it might be for um, people of color because... It is as we know it. I, I, I fully plan to be focusing my energy on investing in a, in a political party that truly represents my issues and my people. But this is not the end. What we got here is someone who wants to uphold white supremacy and and patriarchy, and we got a country full of white people that supported that. And that's okay, because we've always known that white people in in mass have been problematic when it comes to issues of race and and of sexism. 
So we know that. But I'm not going to sit here and be mad and yell and curse any longer. Well, I am going to yell and curse because that's just what I do. But I'm not here to quit. I'm not here to cry. What I'm going to do at the end of this segment is I'm going to start reaching out to my organizer friends. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to start reaching out to people who are ready to fight. I'm going to reach out to my white allies and my white comrades, and I'm going to tell them very aggressively, talk to your racist people. Because if I had to talk to them, I will talk to them with my hands and my feet, and you do not want that. I'm going to be working with people who want to fight for justice. I'm going to be, first and foremost, defending and standing with my Muslim friends, standing with my my Latin friends who are facing deportation right now. I'm going to be standing with young women everywhere and pushing and influencing and hoping that women can get into more electoral power. And I am not going to be kowtowing to Donald Trump. However, he won the election. It was not a close election. He defeated Hillary fair and square. You don't have to like Trump. I don't like Trump. I hate him. But he is going to be our president. Respect the presidency. Do not respect what he stands for. Be respectful of what the White House stands for and be respectful of what it has always stood for, or at least it's supposed to stand for. And don't end up like them because that's something that almost happened to me this week. I almost ended up like those knuckle dragging racists you heard calling to the show a couple of minutes ago. I almost ended up like the irrational white guy who wanted to take off his shirt and fight someone because they were listening to rap music. I almost ended up like the privileged George Zimmerman who thinks that he has a power to make people do what he wants because he says so. And you cannot do that. You cannot let me do that. We, moving forward, have to fight. And white people, get your crap together. And if this makes you uncomfortable, good. I've been uncomfortable my whole life. Don't tell me your family is not racist and that we need to talk to them either. Because you know what? I spent 30 years of my life trying to make white people feel comfortable. And on Tuesday, they just told me that black and brown people make them uncomfortable no matter what we do. So you go handle that. And until then, I'll be fighting and making you feel very regretful of this Trump vote. And I'm not really sorry about that. We'll be right back, guys. When we return, it'll be the news roundup. Until then, white people, get your stuff together. I'm not sorry. For the record, guys, welcome back to Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Thank you, Stanley. And we are here with myself, Stanley Fritz, Selena Hill, of course, and we have Chad R. McDonald, The Flash. He's handsome. His hair is great. And the listeners love him. Selena? Yeah, no, they do. And also, Chad runs a wildly popular Facebook page called The Chad, excuse me, The Good, The Chad, The Ugly, and he talks about politics and sports. And And parenting and comic books. Yeah, and he shares a lot of his political expertise so check check that out definitely so we just wrapped up the first half of the show talking about everything that's wrong with donald trump uh where our country is pretty much looking to go and you know there are a little bright sides you know stanley brought up one point that donald trump is you know campaigned about uh, limiting congress term limits but then chad pointed out it's probably not going to happen you made some valid arguments there so yeah We come to here, but I want to say, even though if you were like me and you were literally crying 
On Tuesday, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. There is a silver lining here. On Tuesday, we actually elected Kamala Harris to Senate. Um, She made history. She is just the second black woman ever to be elected to the upper chamber. Um, Not only is she black, um, but her mother is Indian. um, Indian, So she is a black Indian America. Her mother is from India, just to uh, clarify that. And um, if you have haven't been following her she was uh, the attorney general in california she's had people like barack obama and joe biden in her corner for a while now i remember barack obama caught some slack when he famously said that she was the best looking attorney general ever and then he had to walk back her comments but look i kamala is beautiful and i actually did interview her sister maya harris who was the senior policy advisor for the clinton campaign um a few months ago so you know they 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 are not only are they beautiful women, uh, beautiful women of color, might I add, but they are also um, working when it comes to fighting for criminal justice and social justice. So we need a voice like Kamala in our Senate. And already she said she's taking head on Trump's plan against immigration. So she's going to continue to fight for immigration rights um, while she is in the Senate under um, uh, President Trump. Still hard to say. Another good thing that happened on Tuesday, uh, you know, Latinos in Nevada, they voted to and they made history by electing the first Latina senator, which I'm like, hold on. We never had a Latina senator before. It's only 2016, but they elected Catherine Cortez Masto. um, So we have her again as well. And we elected um, uh, the first Somali-American Muslim to Congress, Ihan Omar. Now, this 34-year-old mother was a former refugee. I think she was forced into a marriage. Um, her parents fleed uh, um, some, um, that an East African country, Somalia. Somalia. And um, she's come over here and is literally living the American dream. And not only that, but she also wears the hijab very proudly. And she's a very proud Muslim woman. And if it was ever a time to uh, finally elect a Muslim woman into Congress, that time is now. Don't forget, in New York City, we elected the first Dominican person to Congress, and Andrew Espiat. And he is not my favorite candidate at all. But we must respect history. So congratulations to our new Congressman Espiat, who has taken the seat that Charlie Rangel held for so long and so well. No, that's very true. So, yes, and he was the first uh, d- Dominican. Dominican. Yes. You know, yes, very true. Um, so, on top of that, and I will open up questions to the panel. I just wanted to tell you guys another big victory was for uh, the legalization of marijuana in multiple states. That couldn't have come at a better time. <laughs> Right. <laughs> very timely. Very oh, timely. Man. Very <laughs> timely. It is. Thank you for pointing that out, Chad. So those who are supporting um, the end of marijuana prohibition, it was a day of celebration. Voters in Arizona, California, Nevada, Massachusetts, and Maine, they all had the opportunity to decide if they wanted to legalize marijuana for adult use and 
every single state except for Arizona passed it. Um, and um, basically now the number of states that have legalized marijuana has risen to eight. If you remember the District of Columbia, um, plus the District of Columbia, um, they so, you know, basically besides them, you also have Arkansas, Florida, Montana, North Dakota. They have all approved referendums to uh, expand existing medical marijuana programs. So you have medicinal use and you also have some states who um, have passed it for recreational use. Okay, now, last but not least, what happened on Tuesday? Four different states also raised the minimum wage, which speaks volumes. Not only will this help uh, the working class, but this increased pay means that, you know, if consumers have more buying power, if they have more money in their pockets, then naturally they will continue to uh, invest and buy into the economy, which boosts productivity and can also lower employee turnover. So raising minimum wage has proven time and time again to be a good thing, even though a lot of Republicans have pushed back against it. We keep on pushing. So, you know, I, now that I say all of that and I want to open up discussion for the panel, Am I just saying, you know, uh, you know, number one, when it comes to, you know, we, we just talked about what happened with Donald Trump under the presidency, but we do see what's happening now. Do you are you guys in any way hopeful or inspired? Um, let me just look at the things that did pass on Tuesday besides just uh, President elect Trump's election win. Well, we did see a lot of good things in California. We saw some sensible gun legislation passed. We saw Kamala. And we saw, um, I mean, it's, it's, that's where a Democrat blue wall is. That's our coastal elites, you know. Um, and, you know, the pot legalization is good. I do worry, though, where Chris Christie is going to land mm. in this administration. Hopefully in prison. <laughs> Hopefully in prison. But I have a feeling that that's just all going to go away. Yeah, just going to match. It's all going. Everything's going to disappear. I hope that President hmm. Obama, as his last day in office, he he um, pardons Asada Shakur. That'd be awesome. But he yeah. didn't do that. But, but my point being that Chris Christie is. Uh, Bill Bill Maher pointed out the other night that Chris Christie is extremely anti-pot. He is mm. extremely anti-marijuana. I don't know what happened to him. Perhaps he was beaten up by a pothead or something when he was a kid, mm -hmm. which put him on the path of being this raging bully that he is. Mm -hmm. But if there are opportunities for him to overturn those pot those uh, those new pot rules, pot laws, whatever you want to call them, he's probably going to take those opportunities. Um, just why it's the same reason why I'm happy that the gun legislation that was passed was passed in California, because there were a couple other little breakthroughs here and there throughout, uh, throughout the nation. But if they were in red States, well, those are now controlled by the national rifle association. So they'll immediately be rolled back or repealed. Um, there were glimmers of hope. Yes. But I think we always need to keep in mind that this is now, we are now fighting uphill through mud which is flowing downhill um there's any victories that we had are going to be inconsequential very shortly because uh, i think any opportunity republicans have to roll back or repeal whatever advancements were just made are going to be taken uh, kamala harris i'm very inspired by that and, and uh, she's a future leader of of the democratic party 
we're going to count on her badly because we need voices like her right now. I'm so glad you mentioned Kamala and brought it back there, Chad, because there's been talk even before she won her Senate seat of her actually running for president. And it looks like. I, well, I don't know. I'll ask you guys, is there hope that she may be the first woman president? Sure. I mean, we thought that Hillary Clinton was going to break down that glass ceiling. Yep. That did not happen on Tuesday. Do you think it could be Kamala? I absolutely think Kamala has got a shot. I mean, nobody ever heard of Barack Obama before 2005, uh, like the like right after the Democratic Party collapsed the last time. Um you look at the cycles of, of, of how the political process goes with uh, Democrats, it's never usually the person in waiting, the person that's supposed to be taking up the mantle, never usually gets it. Um, you know, it, Hillary Clinton has been passed over twice now. This time it was stolen from her, mm. in my opinion. Um, uh, a lot of different factors. Like, I'm not disagreeing with Stanley. Donald Trump did Donald Trump did actually win this election fair and square, but there were a lot of qualifiers in there. Um, but if you look at the history of the Democratic Party, and in some cases the Republicans, uh, the person who, like, waits their turn and waits to be the next person in line never usually gets it. It's usually some breakout star that comes and seizes the day, and away we go. That's what happened with, uh, with Barack Obama, and I think that's what we're going to see next. And Kamala Harris is certainly, certainly a, a, a solid candidate for picking that up. But we also don't know who's out there yet. I mean, what we're looking at right now is we're going to be looking at a series of battlefield promotions uh, throughout the Democratic Party and through gun violence prevention movement and through every other big organization that is now going to be decimated and or eliminated because it's now up to us. Everyone in this room, everyone listening, you are a leader now. You need to go out there. You need to take action and you need to lead us back. Yes. Uh, I have to make that promise. You have to make that promise. Everyone here has to make that promise because without us, uh, we are looking at a dictatorship. Stanley, I want to get your so thoughts Kamala on that. So Kamala Harris as a potential first female president. Certainly. That makes me excited. Could it happen? Absolutely. I think it's still too early to have that conversation. She hasn't even served in Congress yet or Senate. Well, Barack Obama ran after serving one term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he served one term. Right. She hasn't even sworn in yet. Well, by the time she runs, she'll have served a term. That that kind of inevitability (laughs) that we're trying to put on Kamala is the inevitability we put on Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. And you saw what happened there. I just want her to be able to transition into her job, her new role comfortably. And really be an advocate in California. And if, and if 2018, 19 comes and she thinks that she could be, you know, a good representative as a president of the United States, then let's go. And I'll be happy to volunteer for her campaign. You know what? What this election showed me is that I think that the Democratic Party needs to definitely run people that are wildly popular and don't pretty much have too much of a track record or past. I think that's why Barack Obama did so well because he was so young, so fresh. He didn't have that time to really make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And yes, the Republicans called him inexperienced, but I think that it gave him a big advantage to actually be um, to to be so one to be so young and to run in his after his just his first 
term. So we'll see what happens with Kamala. I know that Hillary Clinton was widely unliked. Kamala is not. She is liked very much right now. So we'll see. But guys, we have to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask the question of, you know, will we ever see the end of marijuana prohibition in our lifetimes? And what can really happen with these minimum wage hikes? We'll talk about that and more after this break right here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. We are half past the election. Okay, I tried to make an analogy there. It didn't work. But it's all good, guys. We are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. If you're just tuning in, my name is Selena Hill. I'm here with Stanley Fritz, who's on the PC Ones and Twos. We have our special friend, commentator, Chad R. McDonald. He is the founder of The Good, The Chad, and The Ugly. So check him out there on Facebook. Uh, Alyssa Fuchs is not here. Jackie Cohen's not here. They have already signed up to move to to Canada. We're going to try to get them to come back next Sunday, guys, but they're not doing too well under the Trump presidency. But if you've been listening to the show in the first half, we talked about why they're not, you know, why everybody's pretty pessimistic about the Trump presidency. But on Election Day, there were a few good progressive wins that have been largely overshadowed by Doomsday, a.k.a. Trump. And those happen to be, again, the number of uh, women of color who were elected to Congress. Um, the It looks like we may even have an end of marijuana prohibition soon. We see states continue to um, vote in uh, medicinal marijuana and even recreational marijuana and then we saw a minimum wage hike in a number of states and again we always know when minimum wage is good not just for the working class but for the economy but before we shift gears and get back on schedule I know that Stanley wanted to bring things to a head when it comes to the Democratic Party the DNC and who we might see leading now that the Democratic Party seems to be pretty Pretty, like, up and, like, a mess right now. So the Democratic National Committee, which has pretty much been the the the, the political front for Hillary Clinton and the Clinton dynasty for years, is going to be having a shift in leadership. A couple of people who are trying to go for that spot are Martin O'Malley and Howard Dean, too, um, one of the male white men who have progressive ideas. And in a different time would be at the front of the pack to get it, but won't be able to. The reason why? Because Keith Ellison the co-chair to the Congressional Progressive Caucus and also what I like to call the disciple of um, Cornell West or one of his former students has been the number one pick by not only Bernie Sanders, but he also received an endorsement from Chuck Schumer, Ooh. which means that we will have a person of color, a person of color who has very progressive polit- political political ideals potentially leading the Democratic National Committee. And what does this mean for the future of the Democratic Party and for for presidents in general? Well, my thesis is that Donald Trump is the last white president we will have for a long time. And I think by going in the direction of Keith Ellison, you're pretty much doubling down on that Barack Obama coalition, and you're affirming this process of mine. Well, I, I just want to add in before, you know, Chad gives his, his comments. Well, the thing is, the, the the Barack Obama coalition, in my opinion, cannot ever be duplicated. Like, it was Barack Obama. No, it can. They, you're saying that it, you're saying there's hope to duplicate that coalition itself? Yes, because the Barack Obama coalition is pretty much a Bernie Sanders coalition on steroids. The, <laughs> and we can get there again. Mm-hmm. Yes, because if you can get a person of color who has progressive politics, that's where the Democratic base is going. That's yes. where most Democratic voters are going. 
And they didn't turn off for Hillary, A, because they don't really like her. Mm-hmm. She didn't really speak to communities of color as well, even though she tried her best. And because her, we didn't trust her. Imagine if you got a Kamala Harris mm. with Bernie Sanders-style politics. I just want to qualify that, though. You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, the people of color weren't as inspired by Hillary as they were obviously inspired by Barack Obama. But again, I do want to point out voter su- voter suppression. Yes, the, uh, th- that that did factor into why people of color did not turn out for Hillary Clinton like they did to Obama. They couldn't in in many red states. They just absolutely were not able to. Absolutely. So that does need to be qualified. You're not wrong, but that did factor in, especially in places like North Carolina and Ohio. Exactly. Well, as as we said, North Carolina specifically studied how people of color vote to to stop that yeah you know no as we examine this shift in power from the democratic party it also brings me back to something that we discussed here and let your voice be heard a lot during the campaign season and that was the split within the republican party but it kind of has me thinking that maybe democrats need to go back to the drawing board Mm -hmm. and is there a, a a large wedge gap in the democratic party are we as a party not connecting with millennials who seem to be turning to independence by record numbers now? Well, I mean, to put it this way, how did Bill Clinton win back in 92? He won with, it's the economy, stupid. And Democrats basically covered every single issue except maybe the economy. They sort of lightly touched on it. Um, They, you know, talked about stronger together and all that. But that was the only thing Donald Trump hit over and over again besides the fact that, you know, racist crap and misogynistic crap that he spewed forth over and over again and wall, wall, wall. The one thing he did say was we're going to bring jobs back. We're going to win. We're going to be winning. You're going to be winning. You're going to be winning. And that's what re- that's what broke through everything else was the was, you know, um, to the, the people in rural white America and were using the economy as as the cover for why they voted. But it is what resonated from Trump, which is I'm going to create jobs. Now, he lied. Those jobs aren't going to be coming. He lied to them. Uh, but that was the one thing that Hillary Clinton, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. the one thing Hillary Clinton should have focused on more that she did not was he is a businessman, he has bankrupt businesses, he has cost people their jobs, their lives, their livelihoods, he has ruined people worldwide, not just in America. Atlantic City is a festering hole now where it used to be the Las Vegas of the East Coast, and that can all be laid at the feet of Trump. He is going to do to America what he did to Atlantic City, and he's going to take, he's going to give hope to people at first, and then he's going to just destroy them. He has made, his Make America Great hats are made in China. So that's really all you need to know about that. That is how he managed to break through and, and, and boost up uh, the, the electorate with people who were going to, if they weren't racist, then the racism wasn't going to be a deal breaker. That's how he did it with them. And that's what Hillary Clinton did not uh, concentrate on, which was the main mistake the Democrats did. Right. What Bernie Sanders did well was he pointed out uh, income inequality and the economy needs to be boosted and you know we need help. What Where he failed was he also didn't quite reach people of color at the scale that right. he needed to. That's and on true. top of that, he didn't have anything else. No, that, that's true. We do have callers on the line that I want to get to, yes. that want to let their voice be heard. So, Humphrey, please let your voice be and heard. On top of that, he didn't have anything else. No, that, that's true. We do. So, oh, we need Humphrey, to turn, turn your radio off, and then we'll let you let your voice be heard. Are you ready for us, Humphrey? Yeah, it is Humphrey. All right, go ahead. Yeah, man. You know what? I'm listening to this. I listen to your station sometime. 
And I'm listening to this guy, this uh, the, the call that guy right now. You know, and, and y'all seem to have a lot of prediction, and, and you sound like you're so positive about everything. But it seems like everything y'all saying it just went wrong with the Democrats. You know, it's like you know. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think what, what really sidetracked the, the Democrats is that the, the, the homosexual issue. It was really divided the country up. I'm not going to do this, well, no. I, well, I wanted to hear what he wanted to say. Well, and I, don't, well, I don't know what he's going to say. He said the homosexual issue divided the country. It did that not. That could go either way. No, no, Selena, what we're not going to do here is entertain things that are not real. The same-sex marriage, gay, uh, the LGBTQ community was not a blip on the radar of anyone in this election. We can go to the polls if you want to. That's we right. cannot entertain stuff like that. No, yeah, right, she's absolutely. Caller. you're absolutely right. <laughs> That same-sex marriage is widely supported by the vast majority of Americans. Yeah. I mean, that's about to go down the tubes, but it's widely supported by the vast majority of Americans. Yeah, listen, everyone has a right to have their voices be heard, yeah. but as long as I'm engineering this show, we will not allow no, you to the only here. The only people who think that uh, gay people are divisive are the people who hate gays, period. Yeah, we're not, you know, we're not here for hate speech. We're not here for anti-Semitism. We're not here for any kind of Islamophobia. It's not happening on my watch. Ms. Darber, let your voice be heard. Hi. What happened to the job bill? And why isn't anybody bringing up the fact that Congress wouldn't sign? The president said it was it was paid for. All Congress had to do was sign. And they wouldn't sign it. John Boehner said it even before he left, and he was nasty about it. He said, no, we didn't sign it, and we're not going to sign it. And yet, and still, these Yahoo's keep talking about they don't have jobs. They don't have jobs where they can support their families. Well, why aren't they looking at the people that allowed them to stall for eight years. Miss Deborah, you are exactly right. The jobs bill uh, has been sitting in the pipe for years now. Republicans have refused to sign it. They've never really said why they wouldn't sign it, but really what it comes down to is those are the jobs that would have boosted uh, rural white America and stop them from voting from Donald Trump. It would have completely wiped Republican chances out of ever being elected again. They knew that, and so they blocked it and they obstructed it, just like they did with every single thing that Obama put out there. They swore to do that. There's footage of Mitch McConnell saying that they were going to obstruct and they were going to make sure that Obama was a one-term president, and they dug in their heels and they fought and they screamed and they clawed and they said no, and they turned back every single thing that Obama tried to do until he finally had to do some end runs and get the executive orders. So good spotting on your part. That's exactly right. There is a jobs bill that was sitting there that would have helped the economy years ago, and the Republicans would not sign off on it, and now we're seeing why. Selena? Well, um, thank you so much again for calling in. Uh, Chad, fully agree. Thank you for responding. Um, we do have to start to bring this conversation to a close, but before we do, I just want to get final thoughts again on... Um, the, the progress in this country, um, it, it seems like despite the fact that most Americans agree to, you know, common sense legislation when it comes to gun control, when it comes to, you know, protecting people's rights, uh, you know, et cetera, when it just comes to things that we as Americans agree on, that's not if reflected in our government or in our Congress, which is now being run by Donald Trump and uh, a right wing 
and uh, right-wing conservatives. So basically, um, the question that I, I want to just you know ask everybody as we leave here is, uh, as we leave this conversation, is how do we progress now? Do you see you know you know when it comes to marijuana, when it comes to minimum wage, when it comes to women and, and people of color, do you see this uh, Trump sparking and it uniting us to propel these issues that we want? to focus on or do you see do you see that even though we had these victories on uh, November 8th they may be overturned which you've alluded to earlier mm-hmm. in the conversation uh, well I think I think right now we're in for a very bad ride it cannot be overstated um, there's all kinds of stories that the media is not covering right now uh, I've mentioned Russia uh, to, to tie back to that Russia is getting very aggressive with, gr- aggressive in the Baltic states right now and in the Middle East um, they are uh, pushing back against NATO who is throwing troops in and now you have Russia with Donald Trump elected they're all nicey nice with each other and uh, Donald Trump is saying that we won't support NATO. What we're looking here at here is the prospect of a potential world war. We're we're very dangerously close to the precipice of international war right now. And I'm not talking about Iraq, Afghanistan, the conflagrations that we've been tied up in in the Middle East for a long time now. I'm talking like World War III. That is something that is now a very real possibility that a lot of people are just glossing over. And that's exactly what happened uh, previous to World War One and World War Two, it's exactly the same kind of thing. You had the rise of right-wing nationalist parties all throughout the uh, all throughout the the world. You had uh, uh, media that were, didn't really focus on it. You had a whole lot of people that are just like, just roll with it, accept it. Come on, now you got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. No, history may not exactly repeat itself, but it but it rhymes. And uh, there's a, a terrifying article out there right now. Um, which I naturally can't remember the name of, but it's it's talking about how Brexit and the rise of Trump uh, definitely mirror um, what happened to the world before World War One and World War Two. It's not going to take a whole lot to spark it. We are walking a razor thin line right now, and and all the policies that we've passed, whether they continue on, whether they're repealed, what have you. We really need to buckle up because this is this is I mean, I can't overstate it cannot be overstated how bad this is right now. We've got an incredibly irresponsible man who is beholden to a foreign government as our president. Um, and everyone just seems to be rolling along with it. I mean, there's been a massive media failure for years now. Uh, they've been talking about emails for two years and giving Trump pass after pass. Um, and now they're continuing to do so. So, uh not to be all doom and gloom here, but things are bad, and we need people, like the Trump protests are a step in the right direction. I obviously do not advocate violence, nor would I, but people need to get up out of their chairs. They need to get off the bench. Half of America did not vote. Uh, Plato once said that if you refuse to participate in the political process, then you are doomed to die by it. That's true. Uh, not Plato, not Aristotle. It's one of them. <laughs> Somebody said it. Um, I got to work on that thing when I'm doing my talking points of remembering exactly who said what. But uh, no, no, you're you're fine, Chad. Uh, Stanley, where do we go from here? I mean, Chad just broke down the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. Where do we go from here? 
We build and we fight. It's as simple as that. Republicans have fought for the last eight years making sure they get people into local offices. They have been building an infrastructure and a pipeline for leadership. Yeah, we take a page from that. We have not. So it's time we do that and we let's make sure that people who come up from this pipeline are women of color, that they're LGBTQ people, that they understand the issues and they also know how to talk to people. Because right now the Republican Party is investing in a coalition of Uncle Toms who are very media, media savvy and media trained, don't know a thing about the issues, but could probably get elected fairly easily. So we need to be making sure that we are countering that by, you know, talking to people who, A, are intelligent, B, care about people, and C, have good policies. Democratic Party has a funding to do that. And if they don't, we can just create our own party. As for Donald Trump being president, we're in a really sucky situation, guys. But we will get through it. And there's still a lot to be happy about. And there's still a lot of wonderful people out there in the world. And I'm excited to meet a lot of you guys at the protests and at the rallies and at the organizing meetings and at the future actions. So... Um, I'm optimistic. No, thank you so much for that. And and I just want to end by saying this. Yes, Donald Trump is our president. It's something that is extremely hard to say and to accept, but that's the reality of the situation. And I think it's time for us to figure out what exactly it is that we want uh, to protect, what it is, where exactly you see your place and role in society. If you are someone that cares passionately about gun control, then you should join one of the groups that, um, groups that, um, like Chad has, (laughs) has done, and you can continue to support groups of that nature. If you are someone who is against mass incarceration and you think that criminal justice reform needs to be at the forefront of national discourse and our politics, then and there's a number of organizations like the NAACP and NAN that have dedicated a number of resources in getting that done. Basically, what I'm saying is it's time for us all to get involved. And I understand that not everyone listening feels like they have the time, the energy or the resources to go to every march to participate and to join the local chapter of an organization. But here's the fact of the matter. If you don't, if we don't, then things will only continue to get progressively worse and we are seeing the worst of the times but my question is when we get to 2020 god willing what will we say happen what will we say we fought for and we managed to get past because when barack obama was president and he had full control over congress the same way that donald trump did now back in 2008 this is how barack obama was brought in Republicans still managed to push their agenda and they did it by obstructing and they did it by electing local officials and they did it by becoming politically active and engaged and now their needs their rights their their interests are protected that is exactly what we need to do yes Donald Trump is at the head but our voice still matters and remember Hillary Clinton won the popular vote most people in this country stand and aligned with her no matter how much she was hated they stand with her policies and her principles and those are things that I also align myself with and if you're a rational thinking person you do too so there's more of us than them yes again we lost this battle but the war is not over find a place where you can get involved wherever that may be even if it means donating to let your voice be heard not a shameless plug plug but i'm just trying to say there's people on the ground who do this work every single day and if you can't do that then at least donate a dollar or a day to help the progress and to help the movement on that note we have to go but don't go anywhere stanley is coming back with the quickie right here on let your voice be heard and when he tells you you ain't nothing don't believe and if you can't learn to love you, you should
Cause sister, you don't need me. And I ain't trying to gash up. I just call them how I see. You know what makes me unhappy? That my brothers make.